Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this project production, we have desired to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. What's up, Will? Good morning, brother. Good morning, man. How you been? Fantastic. So, today, we're going to have a, uh, a topic that, that you put together. It's called the Balancing Act, and... I think it's really good. I think we're going to get a few episodes out of this. So if you're listening, and I guess you are if you're hearing my voice, mm-hmm. then hang tight because it's going to be some good stuff that I think guys need to hear uh, in order to help them get through the day, right? Each day is just different mm-hmm. uh, when you've lost a child, uh, especially initially. Certainly things get better as time goes. Just trust us with that because we've been there, done that. Um, but it's still tough and things can still mm-hmm. pop up. And we were talking with a buddy. I don't know, what, two weeks ago now, I guess, and he said to us, he was like, you know, I think it would be helpful to have some information about, like, you know, how does a guy just, like, get through a normal day? Mm. Because, you know, you're having all these emotions that you're trying to, like, process and deal with and navigate as a dude and then also be there for your wife. And then on the other hand, you gotta like get up and go to work, mm-hmm. right? And you gotta function. You gotta keep your marriage going. Yeah. You gotta be there to take care of your other kids if you got other kids. And so, um, so yeah, let's get into this, Will. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, when you when you lose a child, it kind of causes everything in your world to just be thrown, turned upside down, and you know, you just don't really know what to do, how to how to go back to normal life, you know, or go back to what was normal before. And so that's kind of where we started, like I said, with, with that friend of ours that mentioned this. And so the question that we kind of started with today was, you know, how, how do you navigate life amidst the pain of grief? And you know, the simple answer uh, or the simple thing, the reality you have to deal with, a friend of mine um, shortly after, it may have even been you, Gabe, I don't know, the, the um, this first few months after we lost our son kind of blur together, but someone shared with me that, you know, soon after the death of our son, that, you know, life doesn't stop moving just because your world has changed. Like, you might feel like your life stopped moving, and it might have for a period of time if you were able to spend a week or two weeks or a month or whatever time with your wife. Things might have felt like they stopped moving, and you got that chance to just be together and comfort each other and rest and, you know, just try to process losing your child. But everything else in the world keeps moving. You know, like your job is going to keep rolling. You know, your friends have their own lives. They've got wives. They've got kids that they're going to try to take care of. And, you know, even you know, after the service, you know, this, this seems to be a common thing. I think Gabe and, and his wife found this and me and Hannah found this. And, you know, people that I've talked to that have also lost a child have found that in the, you know, the week leading up to the service between your child's death and and the funeral service, you hear from a lot of people, and people reach out, they talk to you, you know, they say they're there for you, they pray for you, and then the days after the service, it's just kind of like radio silence, and I think that's, you know, to be honest, it was a little bit hurtful for me, like it wasn't, it didn't feel like everybody was cutting me off, but it was just kind of like this stark contrast, like, okay, so everyone was talking and was all about, you know, checking on us and now not hearing anything. And I think that that just comes back to what we were saying there, you know, that the world doesn't stop because of where, when it felt like your world stopped, everyone else 
still has their responsibilities. So I think that's one thing, just kind of try to remember that everyone else still has bills to pay. They still have jobs. They still have their daily routines. And, you know, eventually your your bills, your job's going to want you back. Your routines, you know, like Gabe said, you know, your, your kids that you have that are still living, you know, they need you. They need you to be dad. They need you to be provider. And, you know, it's, it's something that you're going to have to eventually get up and go back to work. So, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and another thing that I think about that is, like you said, I like this point, you said just because they return to their lives does not mean they forgot about you. You know, and I think that's a really good point because I felt like you did well. I was like, man, nobody's, it's like, it's like none of this happened. You know, it's almost like they, like this never occurred. And then you're dealing with this great tragedy and loss and you feel this hole in your heart and the whole thing. Um, but then it seems like everybody's just kind of like the world keeps clicking away. And, and it was easy to think like, oh, poor people for me, they forgot about me. But mm-hmm. it, it could also be that not that they forgot about you, but they don't know how to handle this either. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know how to process this and they don't know what to say. And so our default a lot of times, instead of addressing the elephant in the room or, or you know, reaching out to somebody during their grief is like, man, I don't know what to say, so I'm just not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And so they may be grieving in their own way for you, but then they don't know what to say or how to comfort you, and so then they just, in their ignorance, mm-hmm. they just say, well, I'm not going to say anything, cause I, or I'm not going to call them or check on them at all because I don't want to say the wrong thing and screw mm-hmm. it up. You know, So that's one thing I found, and so I had to offer some people some grace, you know, in that time period. And that, that took me a while to get to, cause I didn't understand that at first, you know, that was a, that was conversations one, two years later that I might've had with some of my buddies. And they said those things. They were like, look, man, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't reach out, but I just didn't know what to say. So I just didn't say anything. I just pulled away from you, you know, and it was just, they just didn't know what to say. I thought they forgot, not they weren't praying for you, but they just didn't know what to say. Yeah, I think that's, I was about to, to jump in and say that before you did, that, you know, to say you just need to give grace to to you, the guy listening, that, you know, you may be a few days out, a few weeks out, a few months out, it might feel like, you know, why do I have to give grace to this person that should be, you know, as my best friend or as, you know, somebody out yeah. in the church, like, why do I have to give grace when I'm the one who's suffering and I just lost a child? And I think, like Gabe said, you know, one, they they want to do something for you. Your your friends, your best friends, your coworkers, you know, whoever, the people you have in your life want to help you. I'm sure if they could, a lot of them would take that pain from you and, and carry that burden and you wouldn't have to deal with it. But obviously they can't do that. So they are supporting you in whatever way they can or like Gabe said, they're pulling back because they feel like if they said something, maybe it would be more hurtful to say something that sounds ignorant. But what I was going to roll back to is, is where you ended there, Gabe, that, you know, you don't have to feel like, don't don't take the extra burden of, okay, so now I'm, I'm grieving, I'm hurting, my relationship with my wife is crazy, my relationship with my kids is crazy, and also I have to go and I have to reach out to my friends because they're not reaching out to me, or, you know, I need to give him grace, I need to forgive him for not calling me when I wish he'd call me. Like, I think the most that should be asked of you in this moment when you're grieving and if you're feeling like your friends 
aren't reaching out to you the way that you should or they should is to just just have patience just to try to have peace and try not to judge them too harshly um you know i think like gabe said it may take a few months a few years until it rolls around and you're able to have that conversation that, that gabe's had about hey man i wish i reached out to you earlier and i'm sorry that i didn't and at that point you have the the hindsight of looking at the whole situation you're a little further down the road and you can say you know it's okay man i understand that you know you wanted to do something for me you didn't know what to do and so you didn't i'm not angry like i, I think it's important to to clarify that we're not putting another burden on you to say you have to deal with your grief yeah. and your family and you have to go out of your way to mm-hmm. apologize, you know, to tell these guys, it's okay if you don't know what to say to me. I think what we should ask is that you are just to the point where you can remind yourself when you feel like they've igno- they are ignoring you or they don't care about you, remind yourself they do. Remind yourself that, you know, eventually we'll be able to sit down and we'll be able to talk about this and you know, honestly, I don't think you need to call them and say, like, hey, man, it's cool that you didn't call me yesterday when I was having a terrible day. No way, But yeah. just call them and talk. Like, you don't have to place another burden on someone because they don't know what to say. But call them and talk about sports. Call them and talk about work if it's a coworker. You know, you, you can reach out, too. You don't, don't need to feel like they aren't reaching out to you because they don't care about you, and you don't have to feel like you got to call them and just drop everything on them. You can call them and just stay in touch. And, and I think over time, you know, if the Lord wills, that relationship will come back around to the intimacy that there once was, and you'll be able to have these conversations, like Gabe said. That's good stuff, man. And uh, another point you bring up here says, you know, when we get back to work, we might feel like we're going through the motions, mm-hmm. right? And we're having a hard time caring about things that we used to care about or that used to bring us you know, enjoyment or fulfillment in life because you are going to be a different person after this experience. And like, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Like you don't go through something for nothing. Right. So if you're a different person, it's for a reason. And, um, yeah, it's going to change a lot of things about your life. It's going to change a lot of your perspective uh, in life. And we've got to figure out, you know, how do we then get back to, to somewhat of a normal when we're not different, when your normal is not going to be normal anymore. And, you know, if you go back a few episodes, we, we got a few episodes on, you know, uh, like accepting a new not normal, I mm-hmm. think was the name of that right yeah. there. And so uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Like how do we get back into life mm-hmm. when we are just different people, but it doesn't seem like anything else is different about our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, again you know people I've talked to in our personal experience that's a common thing to feel like you know your whole outlook on life is shifted your perspective is shifted uh, you know whether you're in construction like I am you're a chiropractor like Gabe you're in business you're in finance whatever you're in it's easy to feel like hey I just lost a child how is how is you know for me doing quality control on this wall is it really that important if this building leaks? Like, yeah, it's important, but it's not to the magnitude of my child just died. Like for you, Gabe, like this next person is really hurting. They need you to help them heal and, and give them an adjustment. But 
you know, you can tell yourself, like, seriously, this person's in here complaining about a little bit of a backache. He's 23 years old. He's complaining about a backache. And I just lost three girls. And, you know, like, it's really easy to write him off or just to judge people because you're just so jaded by their little insignificant problems in comparison to what you just went through. But, you know, mm. I think that perspective change is a good thing because it allows you to prioritize your life and to spend time with the people that matter, to spend mm. time with your wife and to spend time with your other children if you already have living children. And if you don't, you know, you get a chance to spend time with your wife, to heal with her, and also to spend time with the Lord. And, you know, if you're angry at God right now, then tell him that and you know, work through that. You know, read the Bible, pray. Um, even if you don't feel like it, just, you know, close your eyes and be like, Lord, I'm mad at you right now. I don't know what to do. I don't even want to talk to you, but I know I need to. And if that's all you can say, you know, I think that that's good and he'll honor that. And yeah, let me jump in there on that, the prioritize thing, because I think as we talked about how we're different people, you know, you go back to work or to just family life, regular life, you know, friend life, whatever. And we're having a hard time figuring out you know, how do we fit into our old life when we don't feel like we are a puzzle piece that fits into it anymore because we're different people, then that gives us the opportunity, like you said, the word prioritize, which I think is great because if we're thinking about priorities, what are we doing, right? We're, we're sitting down and we're discovering what is really important and, and what's important now. So that gives us that opportunity to, to, to reflect and be like, okay, at home, what's important now? What do I need to be doing right now in order to help my wife, to help my marriage, to help my, you know, self and my sanity? Um, what do I need to be doing to keep my body healthy right now? Because it's easy to sl slip, you know, into some destructive habits if we're you know, on the pity party. Um, what's important at my job? Like, what are some things that my in my career that I used to think were like uber important but now that I'm a different person what's really the goal here like what's really my um, quest as I go to work every day and, and and then that helps us to like put off all the superfluous stuff that may have been hindering us honestly from achieving some goals that we could have been achieving if we had been more laser focused and so uh, I think that this gives us an opportunity to look at our our entire existence and figure out what's important now. Mm -hmm. And if you ever watch Major Pain, uh, if you've ever seen that movie, highly recommend it wow. if you haven't. Super funny. Uh, he, <clears throat> he talks about, we're going to win. And he says, Whiskey Indian November. <laughs> what, something like that. What's Winston, what's Winston mm -hmm. for? And it's supposed to be what's important now. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Whiskey Indian November. And, uh, so anyway, there's a little there's a, there's a movie, there's a movie you can go watch and find some uh, find some humor during a difficult time. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think all that stuff you said, you know, you're prioritizing, and there's all sorts of stuff out there about <clears throat> what you should prioritize. You know, how you find joy in your life, and all this different stuff. And you know, I think you can go to some dangerous places with prioritizing where you're just like you know the only thing that matters is what I want to do right now yeah and if it's 
you know, if my wife's getting on my nerves and she's crying too much, then like, you know what, I'm just going to prioritize her out of my life and I'm just going to mm. go hang out with my friends and these guys who I don't have to talk about my child, I don't have to deal with that, or I'm just going to throw myself into sports, I'm going to throw myself into my work. And so there's some definitely some dangerous ways you can prioritize <clears throat> and you can get to a point where you are neglecting the real responsibilities of being a husband, being a father, and being a Christian. But I think, like Gabe said, you know, taking a step back and maybe you're at work, you're on a lunch break, and you're just so beaten down, you don't have time to pull out your phone and, you know, scroll through Facebook or whatever you, you know, watch some videos, whatever you used to do at lunch. You're just so beaten down, you just feel like, I just got to sit here and turn off for a minute. That's a good time to think about, you know, what am I doing when I get home? Am I just going to sit in front of a TV and veg out for four hours? Or am I going to actually talk to my wife for the first time in two weeks and, you know, ask her how she's doing, tell her how badly I'm doing, you know, like whatever these things are that you find you need to do in your life, taking a chance to, to sit back, prioritize them, and then take some steps forward to be, you know, who you were created to be is the <clears throat> protector and a provider for your home. And, you know, God ordained you when you and your wife got married you were given the responsibility for protecting her, providing for her, caring for her emotionally and physically and spiritually. And, you know, going to work and, and getting a paycheck is one of the ways that, you know, we are providers. And, you know, there's different family situations. There's some where both, both parents work, some where the wife works and husband doesn't work, you know, whatever. But the norm, at least in South Carolina, is that generally the husband works, the wife may work or may not work. And so if, if you are accustomed to working and providing for your family, then, you know, you need to get back out there and do that. And you can find ways to restructure around the edges. And like you said, Gabe, prioritize, you know, cut out Netflix at night and add talking to your wife for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or maybe even 10 minutes. Um, and so I think just having this shakeup in your life this change of perspective is God really giving you a chance to get back to what's important and to cut out some of these extra things like maybe you were too far down the path of being a fan of Clemson football or a fan of the NBA or whatever it is you're just so wrapped up in your whole personality was based on that and I think giving you the chance to step back and realize that hey like I enjoy watching some guys bounce a ball and put a ball in a hoop or you know throwing this leather ball around and, and scoring touchdowns but is that really more important than talking to my wife, talking to my kids? Like, no, of course not. So I think there's there's some hurtful things and some challenging things to get through with the loss of a child <clears throat> and the way you have to prioritize your life. But there's also some helpful things and some things that can really make a difference for you and your marriage and for you as a father of children that are still living. Mm, I love it, man. And you, you bring up the, the point here next It says, Often you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and do the next necessary thing. So talk about that. What do you, what do you mean when you say the next necessary thing? Mm. Well, to be honest with you, the first thing that, that came to mind was uh, I have a two-year-old daughter, so we've watched Frozen like a million times in the past <laughs> month. So there's like some line in there where I told myself I wasn't going to tell guys on this podcast that's, that that's awesome. where it came from. But it was there's some some part of the show where like one of the uh, – characters is going through a hard time and she's like I just need to do the next right thing and so I almost wrote the next right thing and I'm like that's plagiarism I'm going to change the word <laughs> so no I mean I think 
that even if it's in a children's movie, the the principle still stands that you know all the things I just said about you know you were given the responsibility for caring for your wife, caring for your children, and you know maintaining your relationships with people at work so you can keep your job, and taking care of your home. You know whatever the responsibilities that you were given and you and your wife have split up at home and you know maybe you take care of stuff outside the house you take care of stuff inside the house or maybe the opposite whatever it is you know you have a lot of things in your life that people are counting on you to do yeah and i don't say that to put another burden on you but i say that you know one to tell you that you matter and you're important and there are people that are counting on you in a good way that their lives are made better and, and enriched by you and the way that you care for them and also to say you know we're men, we were created, as you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, you know, Adam was created first, Eve was created second, out of Adam came Eve, and, you know, Eve was created for Adam to be a helper for him, to be a partner for him, and he was given the responsibility to care for and protect and provide and to give himself up for her. And so in the same way, you know, when you feel like you can't move forward, you don't know what to do, you can't stand to go in another day at work you can't come home and mow the grass you know you don't want to talk to your wife you know in the back of your mind that doing one of those things is necessary and is important and is good and is right to honor the lord whether you want to feel that way or not you know that it is so sometimes you just have to put your head down and do it and so i think that's even if it came from a, a children's movie, I think that the truth still stands that, <clears throat> excuse me, many times you don't want to do a thing that you have to do, but it's a good thing and it honors the Lord for you to uh, keep up your responsibilities, to continue loving and helping your family heal and grow. And you know, sometimes you just got to pray for the strength of the Lord to do that. And I've got a verse here, unless you wanted to jump in before that verse. No, nah, I would say that we kind of pause here. Okay. And let's bring that up cool. in the next episode, yeah, man, because I that. think that's a great thing of doing the next necessary thing. Cool. You know, I love that. Yeah. And also, Frozen, it's a, it's yeah. a funny movie, man. Movie. I've seen it a bazillion times, too. i got a daughter. And yeah. Olaf mm-hmm. is, like, the funniest character, dude. Mm-hmm. What's he? Uh, my favorite line is where he says, he says, who's the smelly reindeer? That's Finn. Yeah. And uh, No, what does he say? Who's the smelly donkey yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that? That's Finn. And who's the reindeer? Mm-hmm. That's Finn. Oh, Easier for me. Yeah. Man, dude, that was so yeah. funny because he, he's always cracking on the dude. What's the dude's name? Oh, um, what's his name? Oh, I, I don't know. know. You should um, know. Sven and Kristoff. Kristoff, yes. He's always messing with Kristoff, yeah, man. he's always giving him trouble. But it's no, funny it's stuff, good. dude. I, I remember when I watched the movie the first time, I was like, Oh, this is gonna. Oh, this is gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. Some girly movie, oh, but holy moly, bro! It's like it's an actually. It's pretty funny. You got to give it a try. Yeah. I know this is not very manly for us to say you should watch Frozen, but yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of plot twists, a lot mm-hmm. of good, good stuff about sacrifice and you know giving mm-hmm. yourself up and whatever. Anyway, yes. I'm gonna stop that before we get yeah, losing more listeners, man. Too far down so, into the Disney yeah. movie list. There you go, man. But, so uh, all right, yeah, yeah we so, appreciate you listening today. Uh, we do want to make it a point to tell you where you can connect with us. So we say, you know, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But just want to say we are Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Facebook. We're Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Instagram. And Gabe has gotten us a YouTube thing set up. And he's continuing to work to put new episodes on there. 
And we are also Lost Boys to Found Fathers on that. You can look for our channel on Twitter. We are Boys Found. And as always, we have the email now. It's Lost Boys to Found Fathers, all spelled out at gmail.com. So connect with us on any of those. We want to hear from you, uh, your, your encouragement, your criticism, your comments, whatever it is. We want to connect with you. So thank you for joining us today, guys. Make sure you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers. You reach out to us any way you can and check out Gabe's books. There's That Will Be Done, and there's also Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. You can find them both on Amazon. Remember, let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.